Well, hey, everyone. Again, as Rachel mentioned, my name is John Alexander. Really excited to be here. A little bit more about me. I've been at Eaglebrook for 12 years. I've been married to my wife, Emily, for 13. We have two kids, Maddox and Marley, who are 10 and 7. We live in White Bear, and I'm a coach of like all the Little League things, basketball things, whatever. And I just got to ask, why is Blaine so good at everything? I know you all don't live in Blaine, but Blaine, for whatever reason, they're just good at all the sports, all the things. So, it's okay. I'll get over it. Um, hey, let me say just a quick word about renovation and your pastor, David, before diving in. I, I need to tell you, I admire David and renovation more than I can probably describe adequately. David and I have gotten to know each other over the years, and he's, he's truly, and I interact with a lot of pastors across the country, he's one of the uh, most humble brilliant pastoral leaders that I know. And as we've over at Eaglebrook have watched renovation go from this newborn baby to a full-fledged adult who's now having their own kids. It's probably a weird analogy. So just, you know, try to wipe that from your memory. But I, I truly, we, I've, we have been nothing but excited and thrilled to see God expand the influence of this community. And I personally learned a lot from David and from renovation. So I'm grateful to be here. All right, let's dive in. To recap just a bit where we've been uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been reading through the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua has led the people across the Jordan River and into the promised land. Last week was a climatic moment in the story. In fact, the final verse of chapter three says this, the priest who, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while... All Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. This is a big moment. And now it's time to go across and conquer and destroy and take over. I mean, this is the moment they've been waiting for. Not so fast, actually. In fact, I'd encourage you to grab the Bible that's under your seat um, and turn to page 147, Joshua 4. And by the way, you maybe saw this, but today's message is titled, A Walk to Remember. Now, I know I'm, I'm probably dating myself just a little bit, but this title was slightly influenced by the second movie I ever remember crying at. This movie that came out in 2002 when I was a high school senior, a movie called A Walk to Remember starring Mandy Moore. Does any of you remember seeing this movie? Okay, super dumb movie. Don't go watch it. But, uh, but I remember crying at it. Now I said the second, so I know many of you are dying to know what's the first movie you ever cried at. Well, it's this movie called Beaches starring Bette Midler. Okay, do you guys remember this one? I was just like, oh man, you'll never forget the movie. Okay, all right. That doesn't have anything to do with the message, but it, is, have something, it does have something to do with the title, A Walk to Remember. Let's see why it's actually titled that. Joshua 4, verses 1 through 3. If you want to follow along, page 147. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. See, instead of going across and now conquering the land, the first thing that God tells Joshua is to pick 12 men, one from each tribe, and carry this large stone from the middle of the Jordan River to where they're going to camp out. That's kind of odd. 
Well, continuing on, verses four through seven, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now, why did God want Joshua to take these 12 stones and set them up as a memorial? He wants them to remember the walk, the walk to remember the day they crossed the Jordan River. My wife, Emily, and I have an interesting relationship with Facebook memories. Okay, neither of us love Facebook, but when my wife, Emily, sees these Facebook memories pop up, you know, they'll feed you like, this happened five years ago, six years ago. She has this weird reaction to it because to her, it feels like time is a thief. Whenever she sees, you know, pictures of our kids, uh, they go from younger to older. It's just like time is moving too fast. But for me, I, I like them. I like them because it helps me remember what God has done, the good things that God has done. But just to give you an example, um, our daughter Marley turned seven just recently. And so the first picture that came up was a baby Marley, really sweet moment, you know. But then this is her at seven years old. And so for whatever reason, when my wife sees these, she just is like, don't show me. Time is moving too fast. I don't want to remember because it's just going too quickly. Now she's kind of joking, okay? But the truth is, when, when we look at memories, when we look back, when we remember, it has the potential to do many things for all of us. They remind us, for one, of when I look at these, what, what God has done, what he's done in Marley's life, how he's writing a story in her life that's beyond what we thought possible. Memories, remembering helps us look back and be inspired by what God has done. And the same is true with remembering other things that God has done. And so today, based on Joshua 4, my hope is that we'd all take time to remember. We'd all take time to set up reminders of what God has done in our lives. Why is it critical that we do? Well, I see four reasons. And the first is to remember how good God is. Now, before I continue on in Joshua, I want to look back in Deuteronomy because in Deuteronomy 6, God gave the Israelites a heads up that when they cross into the promised land, which they have just done, that they should never forget that moment, never forget what God had done for them. This is what it says in Deuteronomy 6, 6 verses uh, 8 through 10 and, and verse 12. He, he said this, tie them, and he means the words, the word of God, Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, and then he goes on to list all these incredible things, to give you land and houses, wells, vineyards, olive groves, endless food, the things you've been promised, the things you've been waiting for. He says, then be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He's telling, telling the people, tie the words of God to you, yourself. Bind them, write them. And so for us, we must build reminders and memorials in our lives to never forget, 
to remember how good God is. And why should we do that? Because you know as well as I do, it's easy to forget. Plus, we are being uh, constantly bombarded by messages that want to discourage us and steer us away from the goodness of God. For example, I, I weirdly read yahoo.com. No one reads yahoo.com, okay? It's like a decade ago. I don't even know why it still exists, but for whatever reason, out of the very few websites and news places I read, I, re- I read some yahoo.com, and it's just ridiculous. The algorithms are out of control. It's the most fear-based articles you can possibly find. And you know as well as I do, the more you click on those type of articles, the more they're gonna feed you those type of articles. You know, for instance, they'll feed me things like, you know, worried about COVID-19, you ain't seen nothing yet. We've got monkeypox. Hey, you guys know monkeypox? Okay, I've looked at a lot of pictures of monkeypox. I shouldn't. But worried about the stock market, these articles will say that's nothing. This so-and-so expert predicts, you know, that you're going to lose every dollar you've ever had in history. They're just ridiculous articles, I'm telling you. But this is true of a lot of news sources that we read, places that we go to. We are constantly bombarded by the most discouraging things we can possibly Read And so one of the reasons it is critical for my spirit, for your spirit, one of the reasons it's critical we set up memorials is to remember God's goodness and combat all the negative coming our way. In Joshua 4 verse 21, Joshua says, when people look at these stones, he says, tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Gosh, remember that day. He did this so all of the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord. He says, we want the whole world to remember how good God was to us on this day. The question is, what kind of memorials and reminders do you have set up to remember God's goodness? Let me just provide a few examples, ideas of things that we can implement. The next birthday you have, rather than just focusing on the current or upcoming year, take some time to remember with your family, your friends, how good God has been to you in the last several years. Look back and remember. My wife and I are big fans of birthdays, not because of the gifts and the presents, but because we get to celebrate what God has done. Or maybe it's time to set up a reminder of the the date you first made a decision to follow Christ. Some of you know that date exactly. Or maybe it's the month or the year, but set aside a time every year to celebrate. Maybe it's the day you've been baptized. I love when people come up to me to this day and, and will say, I remember when you baptized me on July 9th, 2015. I mean, these people have not forgotten even several years later. And we also take some time to celebrate this day with our oldest son who's been baptized. Set up memorials to remember the good things that God has done in your life and celebrate them every year. As Christians, we should be some of the best celebrators, aka partiers around, because we have a lot to celebrate. As James writes, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Set up memorials and reminders in order to remember the good God has done. Second reason we should set up memorials is to remind us of the greater story in which we live. 
Continuing on in Joshua 4, verses 10 through 13, now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. So the people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. And then a few verses later, verse 23, Joshua writes, For the Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. You know, as we've been learning, the story of Joshua is much bigger, much longer than just the story of Joshua. It's connected to a greater story. So let's back up and remember the story so far in a very condensed way. See, God chose Abraham and then Abraham's family became the people of Israel. The Israelites became enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years until Moses rescued them out of Egypt, helped them cross the Red Sea by drying up the water, as mentioned in what we just read in Joshua, made a covenant with them at Mount Sinai and brought them through the wilderness, which took uh, another 40 years. They camped outside the promised land and Moses taught them to obey all God's commands throughout that journey. And that in total took approximately 450 years. So when Joshua, when Joshua and the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River, they were remembering that they were connected to a much greater, much longer story. And this isn't easy for us, is it? No, for many of us, we can get so focused on today. Like today, I'm thinking, okay, after I preach, I gotta go mow the lawn, then I gotta go coach baseball. And we just, we just get so focused on today or, or maybe just this moment, maybe even this week or this month. Expand it out even a little further this year. And while there's an element of living in the present moment that is, is critical to the spiritual journey, critical to faithfulness, all of us must remember that we are connected to a greater, longer story. It's the story of God and his people and the way he continues to be faithful to us through the work of Jesus. You know, just quick question, you know, don't respond out loud, but how many of us can name our great-grandparents right now in this moment? Can you think of your great-grandparents' name? I mean, I can't. Not many of us. It's, it's sobering to think about, but our great-grandchildren will likely not remember our names. That's less than 100 years away. Well, that's a little depressing to think about. The encouraging news is that we must remember is that we're connected to God's greater story that spans well beyond a few generations. You know, one of the reasons that I go to God's word every day is to remind myself of this truth that I'm talking about. Because the Bible reminds me that no matter what I face, someone in there has overcome something worse. Bible reminds me that no matter how discouraged I am, and there are some days I am really discouraged, someone in there has been more discouraged than me, and God has seen them through. The Bible reminds me that God is much bigger than my news feed and the myopic problems that I face today. 
It also reminds me that no matter what trials, what suffering I'm going through or facing, that one day God will wipe away every tear, every heartache, every pain for all of eternity. And I need those reminders. Joshua set up these stones to remember the greater story that they were connected to. And we must find ways to do the same. Third reason we should look to build memorials and, and, and uh, reminders is to ready ourselves for the next move of God. You know, there's an interesting principle at play that really stood out to me as I studied this chapter, and it's this. See, they looked back. They looked back so that they could prepare to move forward. They didn't spend time remembering what God had done so they could sit around a campfire and just, you know, reminisce about the good old days. No, they looked back in order to ready and inspire themselves for what was to come. Uh, Joshua 4, verses 16 through 18, he writes, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant Law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests come up out of the Jordan, and the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground Then the waters of the Jordan returned to their place. They couldn't look back necessarily to go back. And then they ran at flood stage, and the waters ran at flood stage as before. So now picture this. They're across. The water is now running. They can't actually go back, but they can look back and remember what God has done. Why? So they can prepare for what's next. I mentioned my daughter Marley earlier. And, uh, She's just struggled since, you know, we tried to start teaching her how to ride a bike at age four or five, and she's turned seven. She just wasn't really figuring out how to ride a bike. And I felt like, you know, she's a little behind. She's not riding a bike. I mean, so, so I did what all great parents do. I bribed her. And uh, I said, listen, if you learn how to ride a bike, I'll pay you $40. And that's a lot of money. But she was still terrified. She still didn't want to practice or work on it. Now, while the cold, hard cash did motivate her a little bit, you know, as it would for all of us, uh, some of the things we kept saying to her were things like this. Hey, Marley, remember how you overcame your fear of doing a backflip in the pool? And then you did. You felt like you conquered something. Or do you remember the time that you performed in that play and you didn't really want to stand in front of people, but then you did it and just remember that feeling? Or, or that time, Marley, that you slept over at, at a cousin's house or a friend's house, even though you were kind of nervous to be away from home? See, what we did is we started to remind her of the times she overcame something in order to motivate her for what's next. Remembering Remembering the things that God has done becomes fuel for the next move of God. Uh, Renovation has a story that started in 2009. And it's an incredible story, a story of God's faithfulness and goodness. But what if you stopped right now in 2022? What if David came up next week and is like, you know what? We made it this far. We're good. Let's just hang it up. I mean, sure, many of you could sit around a campfire and tell some pretty miraculous stories to look back, but is God done with this church? Absolutely not. Not even close. But the reason we tell stories, remember stories of God's faithfulness is so that we can ready ourselves for what's next. Those memorials, those memories add gas to the fire. See, Joshua set up these stones so they'd become motivation for what they were about to face. 
By the way, it wasn't going to be easy for them. So they needed that motivation. They needed to ready themselves for the next move of God by looking back, by motivating themselves, not looking forward to seeing what the daunting task was ahead. So here's how this applies to us. Here's one of my encouragements to you this week. If, if you've been having problems feeling motivated by what's ahead, by what's next, and by the way, we've all been there. Don't look forward this week. Look back. List out all the things that God has done. List out all the th- reasons that, that you have to be grateful. Remind yourself and then ask God to inspire what's next. All right, last reason that we should set up memorials is this. It's to retell stories of God's faithfulness to the next generation. Verses 21 and 22, he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. Tell the next generation what God has done. One of the reasons I love spending time with people who are significantly older than me is to hear the stories of God's faithfulness in their lives. Just recently in our own church, just a couple weekends ago, we showed the story of someone I know really well, Virginia Woodbury. She's 93 years old, but she's been a part of Eagle Brook Church. And before that, it was First Baptist Church for 66 years. There's just something about dedication and obedience and faithfulness that inspires me. And I promise it will inspire you as well. She has a story to tell the next generation. Let me ask you, do you have a story to tell? Do you have a story to pass along to the next generation? I know you do, even though you might be sitting there thinking, I don't have much to share. Maybe God has helped you overcome something, anything in your life. Maybe it's something like a broken home where you grew up. Maybe it's a failed marriage, a a dad who struggled with addiction, or maybe you've struggled with your own, but now you're on the other side. Maybe you're the first member of your family to have faith in Christ. Or maybe you're the one who is breaking generation, generational sins and cycles. What's that story that God is writing in your life and how can you share it with the next generation? Or maybe you don't feel like you have your own compelling story, but I can promise you're connected to one. Your son overcame a depressive season and, and now he's thriving. Maybe your spouse has overcome something really difficult at work, but now is crushing it with God's help and with your prayer. Maybe there's a relative who's put their faith in Christ and you just, you thought you would never see the day. Tell the next generation of what God has done. Or maybe there's something that doesn't feel big. You know, we always want it to feel like, oh, it's really big, but, but I want you to hear me say, God is in the small things, the things that feel insignificant to us, but they matter deeply to God. Maybe it's something as simple as, You got breath in your lungs today. And you just didn't think you'd make it this far. And while it seems small, like, man, celebrate it. Tell the next generation of what God has done. We all have a story to share. I don't know what it is, but we need to find that story and share of God's faithfulness to those who are behind us. Maybe you need to mark down the date of your baptism. If you've already been baptized or take the opportunity to get baptized coming up, 
and tell your kids about it. Tell your friends about it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it with ice cream every single year. Celebrate the day that your kids made a decision to follow Christ, the day you made a a decision to follow Christ. Celebrate the story of this church. Tell your neighbors about it. Tell your family members about it. Celebrate and remember what God has done. So like Joshua, let's set up memorials in our lives. Why? Just to recap, to remember how good God is. He is so good and we must remember to remind us of the greater story which we live. We can get so focused on today, but we are connected to a much greater, longer story of God's faithfulness to ready ourselves for the next move of God. We look back so that we can be inspired for what's next. And we do it to retell the stories of God's faithfulness to the next generation. And this is all of our responsibility to tell our descendants and the descendants of those descendants of what God has done. And see, today, I think some of you are going to mark today, this very day, as one of the most significant days in your life. Because there is no greater example of the goodness of God. There's no greater story we can be connected to. There is no one who is more capable of preparing us for the next move of God. And there's no greater example of God's faithfulness and goodness than the person of Jesus. And today, for some of you, it's going to be the day you celebrate for generations to come. Maybe even the day you remember that changed the trajectory of your family history. And it's the day you decide to put your full trust and faith in Jesus. And what happens when you do is just, I got to be honest with you, life doesn't become perfect overnight or frankly ever. In fact, as you learn to follow Jesus, you might have some days where you feel like you're crossing the Jordan River. This is a miraculous day. This is something incredible to remember. But you also might have some days of, of wandering the wilderness too. What I can tell you is that when God gets hold of your life, when we put our faith in Christ, when he starts to lead us through every wilderness, across every difficulty that feels like this impassable Jordan River, what happens is there's a certain peace and comfort and joy and power that can only come from Christ. Here's the even better news. When you make this decision, you do it by faith. It's actually not by good works. It's not by perfection. It's not by never sinning again. It's by faith. Ephesians 2.8 says this, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, it's not something we can do on our own. It is a gift from God. And today is the day that some of you are going to receive this gift for the first time. But I want to challenge all of us, for those who've made that decision to follow Christ, today is also the day to remember that grace-filled gift of faith. Let's not ever forget how incredible that gift is. But for those who are ready to make this decision, just a minute, I'm going to ask that you pray silently along with me. And when we're done after the closing song, you can come forward. There's a team, a follow-up team who will be here up front who wants to provide you with some next steps and resources to grow in your faith as you've made this decision to follow Christ. And don't miss out. Today, June 26, 2022 could be the day that you marked down that changed everything for you. So for everyone here, if you'd bow your heads, close your eyes, and for those who are ready to make this decision, all I'm going to ask is that you pray silently along with me. 
And then I'll close out in prayer for everyone. Heavenly Father, I come before you and I confess that I have sinned against you. But God, I believe that you have sent your son Jesus to take my place. And God, I thank you for forgiving my sins. I receive this gift in faith. I don't fully understand it. I don't fully grasp it, but I'm putting my trust and my faith in you. And now I commit to following you with my life. And again, for those who prayed along with me after the service is over, come forward and get some next steps, some follow-up on how you can grow in that relationship with Jesus. Don't miss that opportunity. For everyone here, let's pray. God, we're grateful that we're connected to a bigger story, something that extends far beyond our, our own lives here on earth. God, it's a greater story of your provision and your faithfulness, of the times you've come through for us, even when we, we didn't see that help coming. And so God, I pray for every person here that we would take some time to remember Because no matter how life feels in this very moment, there are things you have done that's beyond our comprehension. And sometimes they're big things, sometimes they're small things, but God, we all need to take some time to remember how you have provided through every season. And as we do, God, I pray that it would inspire what's next. You're not done with any of our stories. There's still a journey ahead. There's still a promised land to explore. And I pray, God, that you would inspire us. You would motivate us. You would just give us a clear picture of what, what's next, God. And we do that because of what you've done, because of your son, Jesus, because of the ways you have come through for us in the past. We trust that you will come through for us in the future. Thank you for the ways you have provided and will continue to provide And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.